0: A good Thursday evening and welcome in to Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name's Matt Pauley. I have you for the next hour, taking you till 9 o'clock this evening as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball and also keep you updated on what's going on in the National League Divisional Series. Game 5, the decisive game number 5 going on right now in our nation's capital between the Chicago Cubs and the Washington Nationals. And what do you know? Michael A Taylor comes through again. He hits a 3-run home run in the second inning and the Nationals uh, that's why the Nationals lead 4-1. That being said, he just dove for a ball and completely missed on it. So uh, one for two in terms of doing awesome things right now for Michael A. Taylor. We, though, have a lot to get into here over the course of the next hour. As always, if you want to join the program, you can do so. Multiple ways to get connected. You can call or text on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That's 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. You can also tweet into the program if you would like. Just tweet right at me uh, at Matt Pauly on air. That's M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. That's my Twitter handle and I monitor the Twitter account throughout the course of the program. Alright, here is what's on tap today for the show. we got a lot to get into. This is going to be a fun show. Uh, Not that any show is not fun, but this is going to be a fun show. Got uh, some fun topics to get into. And one of them has to do with what's going on right now with the Chicago Cubs continuing to be playing into the postseason. For the Brewers, for this whole rebuild thing to work for the Brewers, like at some point they have to win the division, right? Like that that's that's one of the steps. I think some people say, Well, they gotta do more than that. They gotta get to the NLCS, they gotta get to the World Series. Maybe they you know they they talk about having championship aspirations, they have to win a World Series. But it can't just be they go get a wild card spot. You know, that that's probably still where they're at. You know, next year if they grab one of the two wild cards, you feel pretty good about that. But here over the next two, three, four years this has got to be a Brewers team that's doing more than just getting one of the two wild cards where they essentially have to play a playoff play-in game. So what what does it what does that look like? Are are they really on that path? Are they really going to be able to catch the Cubs? I know this year they finish in front of St. Louis, but we all know how good the Cardinals have been really over the last 20 years. Can they can they consistently stay in front of St. Louis? Will they be able to continue to stay in front of Pittsburgh? Will they continue to stay in front of Cincinnati? But most important, can they run down the Cubs? With the way the Cubs are currently doing business, the way their baseball operations department runs, the way that they can spend money just willy-nilly, whatever they want to do, just spend it right and left, can the Brewers on their system, can they truly catch the Cubs. We're going to talk about that in about five minutes, and I don't think it's an easy answer. I know I get accused all the time of being a honk for the Brewers, and that's fine. You can accuse me of anything you want. I think there's, I think there's some nuance to this. I don't think it's an easy, oh yeah, look at all the prospects, look at this, look at that. They're easily going to catch the Cubs. That's, that's not the answer. I think you have to go a little bit deeper on that, and we'll get into that coming up uh, later on in the program. There's been something that has been said to me quite often about the payroll for next year for the Brewers. And before I say anything, I want to say this: I think the payroll is going to be up. I think it's going to be up significantly for next year. But they had they had a tiny payroll over the last two years. The payroll has been minuscule for the Brewers. Uh, it, it has to go up. You know that that's part of the going through this rebuild. You as a fan. Are essentially told, okay, th- during the early part of this rebuild, we might not spend a whole lot on salary, but as the team is ready to compete at a higher level, that payroll is going to start to move up. So, this is a lot of people have said to me, well, you know what? Matt Garza is gone next year. You've got $12.5 million with Matt Garza coming off the books. So, you can just go use that $12.5 million in other places. And I always say, "E, that's not totally true." Because you got a bunch of guys who are going from being under team control where they're making in the hundreds of thousands of dollars going into arbitration or going into their second time through arbitration, multiple times through arbitration, and they're going to get some significant raises. And we talked about this. I was in for Greg on Sports Central. Was that Monday? Yeah, it was Monday. And I, I went through this really generally, but I, I I crunched a few more numbers, I got the calculator out, I got the abacus out, and I figured out some things. And looking at the nine brewers who are arbitration eligible, how much more the brewers will be paying just to keep those guys? Now, I don't think all nine are going to be back with the team. I, I just don't see a scenario where all nine are back. But... Uh my numbers kind of go against the idea that, okay, you can just take Matt Garza's salary and just give it to other guys. Because they're going to be paying more for some guys who are already on the team. So we'll touch on that coming up uh, right around 8.20 or so. Uh, the side I've been talking about over the last couple weeks... Is the future AAA situation for the Brewers? We know they have one more year in Colorado Springs, and then everything is up in the air at that point. And this is, it's interesting right now because this is a very dynamic situation. Uh, when, you know, three weeks ago, I would have said 95% chance that the Brewers are going to end up in Fresno after next year. I would say like 5% chance now that they end up at Fresno. Maybe even less. Maybe 2% chance that they would end up in Fresno. That's how dynamic this situation is. And there's things that are happening, and there's more things that happened this past week. Actually, two big developments that could affect the, the Brewers from a major in a major way. The New York Mets bought the uh, AAA franchise in Syracuse, New York meaning the Mets are going to leave Las Vegas and go into Syracuse. And speaking of Las Vegas, they got their new stadium approved this week. They're going to have a brand new stadium in Las Vegas for 2019. And as someone who has been to the current stadium in Las Vegas, that is much needed. Uh, Once uh, Colorado Springs was the worst stadium situation in the Pacific Coast League, Las Vegas was the second worst stadium situation and uh that's that's going to change now is they're and they're going to get it out of downtown uh, las vegas as well they're going to move it out to uh, one of the suburbs which makes a whole lot of sense because i don't know about you ashton with uh, and you know i love baseball i love baseball I, I live my life for baseball if i'm going to vegas as a tourist i am not going to a triple a baseball game like there's a lot to do in vegas and, you know i'm if I'm staying at the Golden Nugget, or I'm staying at the D in downtown Las Vegas, or even if I'm a few miles down the road, staying on the Strip, I, I'm not thinking, "Oh, you know what? The 51s are playing tonight. I'm going to go uh, check that game out." So moving it to the suburbs makes sense because then the uh, the good people of Las Vegas, the residents who live there, uh, the families have better access to the AAA team, and that's that's who's going to be going to those games. That is not a that's not a uh, tourist attraction in Vegas to go see uh, AAA baseball. So uh, we'll we'll update you on what that situation looks like. This is going to be a normal thing over the course of the next year. And uh, so that's coming up uh, later on. If you want to join us, you can. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Well, we're going to be talking about in the next segment, and feel free to to get in here before I even get into it, uh, what is your confidence level with the Brewers that they are going to be able to not just compete, because they competed this year with the Chicago Cubs, but that they will be able to overtake the Cubs at some point over the next two to four years and win a division title? considering the path that the Cubs are on, plus the money that they spend on free agents and the the commitment that they have to winning every year now in Chicago, and then looking at what the Brewers are doing from a prospect development standpoint with some very exciting players on the way. How do you feel about the Brewers' opportunities to catch the Cubs? We'll talk about that next. This is Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. It is our weekly one-hour conversation about Milwaukee Brewers baseball. I actually do a couple one-hour conversations because I also have the Brewers Extra Innings podcast. If you want to check that out, uh, it is accessible at WTMJ.com. You just go to uh, WTMJ.com, and uh, then once you're there, you go to the uh, WTMJ mobile podcast. A little drop-down menu pops up, and you click uh, Brewer's X Innings. That comes out each and every Monday. And also, if you listen to podcasts like I do, I have an iPhone, so I listen on Apple Podcast. If you uh, listen on Stitcher, if you use that, uh, we're everywhere. So just do a search for Brewers Extra Innings wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, you can listen to that on an each-and-every-week basis. My name is Matt Pawley. This is Brewers Weekly. If you want to join the program, you can do so. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. This is kind of the dead period. For teams that are not in the playoffs, there's some small things here and there. You're going to get some, you know, minor league players who are taken off the 40 man roster, who elect free agency, things like that. But for the most part, the, the the baseball off season doesn't really begin until after the World Series. So a little bit of a slower period. That doesn't mean there's not a lot to get to. And as I watch the Cubs play in the playoffs. And I'll be honest with you, I thought they were, after they got up on the Nationals 2 1, with an opportunity to close that thing out at Wrigley yesterday. I thought they would. I thought they would. You have a chance to close out a series at home, and they, they didn't, and they're down to the Nationals right now. It's 4 2. So, I mean, this game is anything but over, obviously. Uh, it's 4 3 now, excuse me. Thank you, Ashton. Uh, as the Cubs got two runs in the top of the third inning. I'm hosting a show here. I can't uh, pay uh, total attention to what's going on there in the ballgame. Uh, uh, so it's 4-3. And we'll see if Washington holds on. Yesterday, the Cleveland Indians were at home, and they had a chance to advance to the American League Championship Series. They just had to win a home game, and they weren't able to do it. So so we'll see what happens here. But the what I want to get into here is... Are the Brewers in position to truly catch the Cubs? Now, we can sit here and say the Brewers are in position to be a very good team. The Brewers are in position to be one of the better teams in baseball. But you know what? Depending on what your definition of better teams in baseball is, you can actually make the argument that the Brewers were one of the better teams in baseball this year. They had the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They had the tenth best record in baseball this year. So that's that's certain. They had the best record of any team to not make the playoffs. And one team, the Minnesota Twins, had a worse record than the Brewers and did make the playoffs. The Brewers were ten games above five hundred. So we can sit here, and I hope we can all agree that the Brewers have turned into a good team. They are continuing to get better, and we have an expectation that they are going to be able to play at a pretty high level. That being said, the Chicago Cubs win the World Series last year. They're in the playoffs for the third year in a row. They just print money there at the corner of Clark and Addison they got no problem bringing in money. They're in a huge city. They've got a great TV deal. They have no problem selling things out. Uh, once you walk into Wrigley Field, God knows how much money you're spending. You have a national fan base. Uh, they, they have as much momentum as any team in baseball, and that affects them from a financial standpoint. So you know what? When, when they're scuffling along and they make the decision that, hey, we want to go acquire Jose Quintana, oh, it's going to cost a bunch of prospects, Ah, that's fine. Okay, so we're going to lose the opportunity to have some cost-controlled players in our future who might be pretty good, but you know what? We can go spend X amount of dollars and bring in some free agents, and it's going to be fine. That's their attitude. They have the ability to spend money at a much higher level. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't get to the same place doing different things. See the Kansas City Royals. I always make the Kansas City Royals comparison with the Brewers because I think it is the best comparison. They got to the World Series two years in a row, spending very little money because of how they were able to bring players up. Here's the difference. And the Cleveland Indians, when the Kansas City Royals were getting to the World Series, the Cleveland Indians were not what the Cleveland Indians have been the last couple years. I mean, you look at the American League Central. Cleveland, Minnesota, the White Sox and the Tigers. You can be Kansas City, and you can win that division based off bringing guys up through a system. Can the Brewers replicate what Kansas City did playing inside of the National League Central? The American League Central does not have the Chicago Cubs. The American League Central doesn't have the St. Louis Cardinals. And you can even, uh, quite honestly... I would, take, um, I would take Pittsburgh from a long-term standpoint over the Twins, White Sox, and Tigers. Sorry, Ashton. And I, would, I think the Reds are an up-and-coming team. This is a really tough division in the National League Central. So the Brewers can go advance who they are. But can they catch the Cubs? I think they can. But honestly, we don't know, because we don't know what the Cubs are going to do each year when they go out and they acquire players in free agency, when they go out and they make trades. I'm very confident in the Brewers minor league system. I am really confident in the Brewers minor league system, and I see studs that are coming through. But I also, I'm appreciative of David Stearns, that when he had the opportunity to go get a Jose Quintana, or a Sonny Gray that he didn't. And you might think that's crazy talk by me. Let me explain. The Cubs go make that move as I said a moment ago. They can they can make up what they they can make up the loss of those prospects by going out and buying players at a really high rate. The Brewers just aren't going to do that. The Brewers are gonna spend more money this offseason. We'll get more into that in our next segment. The Brewers are going to spend more money. But they're just not They're, they're not signing Jake Arietta this offseason. They're not going to be able to afford Jake Arietta. So when you look at these top prospects that are coming through, there's there's an expectation that a Lewis Brinson is going to perform at a high level. There's an expectation that a you know eventually a Luis Ortiz, who's one of the top pitchers in the minor league organization, the top pitcher in the Brewer system, is going to come through. We're going to see Brett Phillips continue to um, mature. We're going to see Josh Hader. We're going to see Brandon Woodruff. Eventually, Asan Diaz is going to get here, and Corbin Burns and Keston here. Like these are the these are the guys who are the future of the team. These guys do have to perform. So if the Brewers want to catch the Cubs, if the Brewers want to be a team that can win the division, they have to hit on a high percentage of their prospects. And people tell me this all the time. You know the old saying, "Oh, you know, prospects are suspects until they do something." Like I hear that all the time, and there's truth to it. But we're at a point now in baseball where the the high end prospects you're you're missing on them less. So. What I'm saying is, I don't know if the Brewers are going to catch the Cubs. It is a really difficult proposition when you're sitting here in the National League Central and you're trying to catch this team, but the Brewers are not going to do it trying to do it the Cubs' way by going out and acquiring a Jose Quintana where you're going to hurt yourself going forward not having guys available. They have to try to hope that the Kansas City Royals method works and it works at such a high level that they're able to catch the Cubs. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620 is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. So can the Brewers spend a whole lot more money this offseason after they've had a very low payroll over the last couple of years? Yes and no. The, uh, the arbitration numbers are interesting when you really start to break those down and then compare it to exiting salary. I'll explain that in just a moment. It's Brewers Weekly. On WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. If you want to join the program, you can do so by giving us a call or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line, four one four-seven nine nine-one six twenty. You can also tweet in at Matt Pauly on Air. Dave in Chicago, uh, text in and says, I'm a Cubs fan. I think the Brewers are doing it right. I suggest stay the course. They're a pain in the butt into the Cubs. I like that. I'm 58. Seen terrible ball for a long time. Very grateful now. Hope Brewers stay the course. Champions are not just indigenous to teams with money. Milwaukee should be proud of the way the club is doing their business. I agree. And I appreciate the way the Brewers are doing their business, and I think they are obviously on the right track. How can you not? Like, I just don't get the people who and I'll remember that show. I'm going to remember for the rest of my life that Brewers Extra post game show that we did on the Saturday after the Brewers were eliminated. And the people who came out of the woodwork saying, oh, it's just a complete failure of a season because the Brewers didn't make the postseason. I just, I can't get on, I, I... I feel like I'm good at at least understanding where somebody comes from, even if I disagree with them and can be tolerant of their views. That's just one that I have a hard time even uh, understanding. All right, so we're going to do some baseball economics here. Here's basically here's how you can be successful with good players and not pay them very much. And it's why it's why teams like the Brewers, like the Royals, like the Astros – spend so much so much of their resources not money but other resources in developing prospects because basically you call up a rookie he makes his big league debut then you you got a few years of quote unquote team control and when you've got a guy under team control they're making like a half a million dollars a year then after they go through their team control years it goes to arbitration there's a few years of arbitration. And what that is, is uh, the player has the right to submit what they want to make. The team is allowed to submit what they want to pay them. And then you go to an arbitration hearing and a panel decides, an arbitration panel decides, which sides you're going to go with. They can get very contentious. It's a it's a bad situation. We'll talk more about this when we get to around the arbitration time and early winter. Uh, I, I think it's idiotic for any team to go to arbitration with a player. I think you need to work out a deal ahead of time, and that's always an option. A lot of times, the way it works, most teams... The player says, I want to make X amount of dollars. The team says, I want to pay you X amount of dollars. You split the difference, and that's generally the contract that comes up on a one-year deal. And the Brewers are pretty good at being able to uh, not go to arbitration with players. So we're really where players, you get big bumps in salary twice in your career. And the first time is when you go from being under team control to being arbitration eligible. You'll go from making half a million dollars to well over a million based off your performance. And then the second time you get a big bump is when you're finally eligible for unrestricted free agency. A lot of people have said to me, hey, Matt, the Brewers are going to have at least, you know, 12 extra million dollars to spend this year because that's Matt Garza's salary and he's going away. And yes, they are not going to be paying the 12 million dollars to Matt Garza this upcoming season. That being said, the Brewers have nine players who are arbitration eligible Jared Hughes, Carlos Torres, Jeremy Jeffress, Stephen Vogt, Chase Anderson, Jonathan VR, Jimmy Nelson, Hernan Perez, Corey Knebel. I don't think all of those guys are back. I'm not convinced that Carlos Torres is back next season. I'm not convinced that Jonathan VR is back next season. Outside of that, unless there's an unexpected trade, I would say the other seven are back. But let's go to a world for a moment where all nine are back, because the Brewers do have the option of bringing all nine players back. Here's the raises that each of those players will be getting. Now, these numbers are based off uh, MLB Trade Rumors as a website, and each year they put together arbitration projections of what they think players will probably get uh, in the arbitration process. They're pretty good. Like they, they won't be right on, but they're pretty good. So this is based off projections. This isn't based off any sort of fact right now. We're not at that point yet in the off season. But here are the raises that are expected for these nine players. Jared Hughes will make 1.2 more million dollars. Carlos Torres will make 1.1 more million dollars. Jeremy Jeffress will make an extra half million dollars. Stephen Vogt another million. Chase Anderson will get a raise of 2.9 million. Jonathan VR a raise of 2.5 million. Jimmy Nelson a raise of 4.2 million. Arnon Perez a raise of 1.7 million, and Corey Canabel a raise of 3.6 million. Now, I want to go back to Jonathan VR for a second because maybe you're saying, "How in the world is he going to get a raise of 2.5 million dollars after the season he just had?" Well, it's because he's going from his first year of being under club control to his first year of arbitration. This past season, Jonathan VR made half a million dollars. His his performance is worth three million dollars. Three million dollars is not a lot of money. So you're saying, "Well, how is he getting two and a half extra million dollars?" He didn't play that well this past year. It's because he's going from his status being under club control to being an arbitration player. So let's say you take all nine of those guys and they're back next year. That right there, before adding any free agents, before going to making any trades, before acquiring any outside talent, before trying to re-sign Neil Walker, before trying to re-sign Anthony Swarzak, that right there is an addition of $18.7 million. Matt Garza made $12.5 million this past year that's more than his salary so the argument that okay we can we can just take Matt Garza's salary and throw it at other guys well all of Garza's salary is going to be going to arbitration and even even if some of these guys are let's take let's get rid of the two guys that I think might not come back Carlos Torres uh, 1.1 million dollar increase next year so if you get rid of him the addition goes down to 17 point six. Jonathan VR getting rid of his extra $2.5 million. I'm trying to do math on the spot. This is a really bad situation for me. Uh, But it goes down to around $15 million. So no matter what, you're still going to be paying more money in keeping your current guys that you want to keep on the team than you're going to make up for in Matt Garza's salary. Now, the other side of this is that the Brewers are going to spend more money this offseason. They're going to have a higher payroll this upcoming season than they did last season. But the way baseball works is as guys get more service time, they start getting more money. So when you're early on in a rebuild, you can have a really low payroll the way the Brewers have had because they've had these young players who've been making half a million dollars. Well, the longer these guys stick around, those salaries are going to start to increase in... Yeah, eighteen point seven million dollars. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's you know, everybody always uh, talks about. You know, Ryan Braun having way too much uh, percentage of the total payroll. That's that's in the neighborhood of what he makes. He's a twenty million dollar year player. Eighteen point seven. They're in the same neighborhood. So you you are essentially adding a Ryan Braun salary just based off the pay increases. That these arbitration eligible players are gonna get. That's the financial situation. The Brewers can afford it. I'm not saying they can't, but that's the salary you're adding. Just keeping guys who are already on your team. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. It's the Accudent Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Brewers Excuse me. This is Brewers Weekly. Uh, pitching in the playoffs. Pitching at the in September, with where the Brewers were very creative, are we going to see some version of that in the regular season going forward? We'll talk about it next on WTMJ. <music> brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk text line. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That's four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. 799 Appreciate you uh, being tuned in with us. Just got a text saying, uh, I agree with you that the farm system can continue to add great prospects for position players, but that can they put into place a pitching staff, even with increased salary, that makes them a contender for the National League Championship and do it long-term? Love Atanasio, love David Stearns, and counsel. Can they make this happen? Y- you... I think they're going to go, first off, this offseason, I think they're going to go acquire a solid starting pitcher, maybe two solid starting pitchers. Again, they've got some money to spend this year. Everything I just said, you know, even with the increased salary with the arbitration, yes, uh, they're going to have some money to spend. And there's, there's nobody coming through right now that strikes you as a guy who's going to be inserted into the starting rotation and be – Be right there, let's say, shoulder to shoulder with Chase Anderson and Zach Davies. We might see a step forward from Brandon Woodruff. We might not. You know, you you see these young rookie types. Uh, Sometimes it takes a little while. Look at Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson spent the last three years showing flashes and falling back. You know, going from... Being amongst the league leaders in walks to being amongst the league leaders and not issuing walks from from one year to another, something does have to click. So I think the texter makes a good point about can they use the current system and develop pitching? Eventually, yes. Although I will say this, they do seem to focus in more on position players. Which makes me believe that they may try to utilize you know they have a lot of outfield depth through the minor league system uh, they have a lot of minor they have a lot of outfield depth on the big league team I still don't know how it's going to wind up you know they going into next season they have under club control Ryan Braun Keon Broxton Domingo Santana Lewis Brinson Brett Phillips I would think. In a perfect world, Lewis Brinson and Brett Phillips are both playing a ton going into next year. A ton! So if that's the case, what are you doing with Domingo Santana, who just hit 30 home runs for you and had a fantastic season? What are you doing with Keon Broxton? Uh, So... That's that. That's another side of it. So they're, they're going to have to, they have resources and outfield depth. And then you look, their number two prospect in the organization is Corey Ray. So they have more outfielders coming up through the system. And they can utilize some of their minor league depth to maybe go get a starting pitcher. I would not give up. I, I'll say this over and over and over. You go look at what the Cubs gave up for Jose Quintana. I would not, would not, would not make a Jose Quintana kind of deal. I would not give away the equivalent of what the Cubs gave up for Jose Quintana. But if you can go make a deal where you can trade away a Domingo Santana and get a very good starting pitcher, kind of on a one-to-one deal, you're sending away a guy who's turned into a very good Major League outfielder, and you're going to try to receive back a player who's a very good starting pitcher. If that scenario presents itself, I'm okay with that. And that's, that's different than giving away the farm for a Jose Quintana. So we'll see how it all plays out. That's the, the idea of the starting rotation for next year that is absolutely the biggest question mark. To me, you have question marks at, at, in, in the rotation. You have a question mark at second base. And you, you have a little bit of question mark with relief depth, uh, You know, especially Anthony Swarczak was such a big part of the team and him being a free agent. What's going to happen? Uh, what's going to happen there if they're able to work out a deal to bring him back? He's going to be due for a big raise. He made less than a million dollars this past year. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. I'm sure he's looking for a multi-year deal, and I'm sure he's looking for multiple millions of dollars. Are they going to be able to afford that? Are they going to be able to afford Neil Walker, who's an unrestricted free agent? Do they bring back Eric Sogard? He's an unrestricted free agent. He fit in really well, but you know what? They've got they've got younger, cheaper options. Mauricio Dubon, who played 50 or so games at AAA Colorado Springs this year, he, was, uh, he might be able to fill the role that Eric Sogard was filling. So there's, there, there's all kinds of questions, and I think this is going to be a very active offseason for the Brewers as they start to construct the roster for next season. Something else that's going to be interesting to watch over the next 10 months is going to be the future AAA home uh, for the Brewers uh, AAA affiliate, obviously. And we talked about this a little bit last week. It seems like every week there are more developments. There's another two developments that happened this past week that can very much affect where the Brewers end up with their AAA franchise after this upcoming season. They have one more year in Colorado Springs. I'll explain that, give you my takes. We'll do that next. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly roll it on here on WTMJ. It is the 50th season of Bucks basketball, the final season for the BMO Harris Bradley Center. Tomorrow night, it's the last exhibition tune-up as they host the Pistons in the annual MAC Fun game. We have our final uh, pair of tickets to give away. What caller do I want to take? All right, so in their last preseason game, the Bucks lost to the Bulls, 114-101, so we'll take uh, caller number 101. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Ah, uh, Let's see. The Bucks played 15 players in that game. So, because the Bucks played 15 players and they lost to the Bulls the other day, we will go with caller number 15 for two tickets for tomorrow night's game. AccuNet Mortgage, talk and text line, 414 799 1620. That's 414 799 1620. And a pair of Bucks tickets are yours, 414 799 1620. All right, so. Uh, I, This is near and dear to my heart because I spent six years broadcasting AAA baseball uh, before I got here, including uh, in Colorado Springs. I was one of the broadcasters for the Brewers AAA affiliate before I got here. And so I I keep a pretty close look on what's going on in the minor league system. And the, the Brewers AAA team no matter what, where they're at is going to change after this upcoming year. One more year in Colorado Springs, and then Colorado Springs is losing their AAA team and is going to move to San Antonio, Texas. Now, basically, real quickly, the things that we do know are are very sure of, the Houston Astros are going to move their AAA team from Fresno into Round Rock, and in all likelihood, the Texas Rangers are going to move from Round Rock to San Antonio. What I've been told Just hearing things. What I've been told is that, in all likelihood, Oakland and Nashville are going to end their relationship, and Oakland is going to end up in Fresno. That's not official. It's just kind of what I've heard. And we found out this past week the Mets, who have been in Las Vegas, that organization just bought the Syracuse AAA team, so the Mets are going to be leaving Las Vegas. So that's going to leave two open teams, Las Vegas and Nashville, with two open teams uh, for the uh, that that could go in in the Washington Nationals and the Milwaukee Brews now when this first when everything all this was going on what I thought to myself was don't end up in Las Vegas because that is a horrible stadium situation well then the other shoe to drop this week is it was approved in Las Vegas they're getting a brand new stadium that's going to be ready for 2019 so that's not a bad place So in all likelihood, the way it sits right now, and many, many more things can change moving forward. We have another 10, 11 months till this has to be figured out. But as it sits right now, in my estimation, starting in 2019, I would guess the Brewers AAA team will be either back in Nashville, if they can reestablish a relationship. There's still some hurt feelings uh, from the Brewers getting kicked out of Nashville a couple years ago. Or maybe end up in Las Vegas. How about that? You could go on a a trip, see the Brewers AAA team in a brand new ballpark in Las Vegas. So it's looking better and better for the Brewers AAA situation moving forward. Again, more dominoes can fall, more things can happen. But as it sits right now, the way I see it, I think the Brewers are going to end up either in Las Vegas or Nashville starting in 2019. We're Brewers Weekly. We'll take one more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the program here on WTMJ. Wrapping up this edition of Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ, want to say congratulations to a number of players of the Brewers who were honored this week by the Baseball Writers Association of America. The team awards come out. Third baseman Travis Shaw earns the Brewers Most Valuable Player Award and also the Top Newcomer Honor. Corey Knable was voted the Brewers Most Valuable Pitcher. Pitcher Brent Suter was voted the Brewers Unsung Hero. And first baseman Eric Thames receives the Good Guy Award. That goes to the player who has the most outgoing, friendly presence in the clubhouse and interacts well with the media on a daily basis. And I can second that. Eric was absolutely great to work with uh, when we had him on the program. That's it for this edition of Brewers Weekly. We'll talk to you next week here on WTMJ.